Hello and welcome to the Dead Darlings Book Club. I'm Laurie Eaves. I'm Hannah Hutzper. And I'm Rebecca Cooney. This month's book is All the Men I Never Married by Kim Moore, which was chosen by Rebecca. Rebecca, why did you choose this book? This one, I have no more sophisticated reason than I bought it and I read it and I loved it. And I wanted to talk about it because it's good. It's good book. I like. So that was our book club mini episode, everybody. <laughs> I mean, just it's good, spoilers. does good words. Strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the longer the longer story, if you want the full, I went to Verve Poetry Festival back in February and Kim Moore was performing. And I think I'd heard of the book before as well. Like a couple of people had mm-hmm. mentioned it as she was reading from it. And I was like, yes. And it was part of the, I did buy like a massive stack of poetry books. I'm still working my way through and it's great. And I read it and I loved it. And when we were trying to work out what we were going to do, I was like, I have a suggestion. Uh, uh-huh. Also, it may, maybe ties in with our discussion about poems at weddings, given the title is All the Men I Never Married. So that's a very, very nice, very well planned. <laughs> We're deliberate. on theme this month, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the book club is going to be a separate episode to the main episode, but... That's fine. It's, it's cohesive, cohesive concept. But no, like, and it was, so, so one thing that she sort of said was, I think she started writing it, like, or writing poems about ex-boyfriends. And then mm. kind of people who were not boyfriends kept kind of coming in. And so yeah. what you end up with in this collection is, so it, it's kind of, to sort of explain it a little bit, it's 47 poems and they're just numbered, one to mm-hmm. 47. And each is about a different man. Sometimes they're about more than one man, but generally it's about a different man. And some of them are ex-boyfriends. Some of them are kind of people she's met on the street or you know, a taxi driver who's been really fucking creepy or sort of weird interactions she's had after poetry gigs. So yeah, so it's just, and it, it ends up being this kind of really kind of brilliant meditation on sort of what it is to be a woman who is attracted to men, who sleeps with men, but who also, you know, is is put in danger by the presence of men and the way that men can behave yeah yeah um, and it was it was stru- such a cohesive strong collection like some of the pieces are laid out really dramatically differently on the page some of them are i forgot the name of it a mirror poem some of them have like some really strong form some of them don't but the the through line between it and the way that obviously these experiences build up like the poems build up and the fear builds up you i think you start with some in quite early childhood and then you get get to some there's a rape poem where on number 42 is it it, it's blanked out on the page is it blank if your husband slash boyfriend did it is it blank if he didn't say no yes if and and then a few poems later she's using the r word and it kind of it it traces a really clear narrative throughout a, a, a really clear autobiographical narrative with some really really fucking strong pieces in it but also that it does it does hop around chronologically that you will get some that are kind of child which i th- i found quite kind of like like quite clever in a way that that sometimes you are it felt like she was just thinking through and going oh and another one this was a weird thing that happened to me and i don't yeah. know about you hannah i certainly mm-hmm reading it ended up thinking about weird experiences I've had and either kind of, you know, really unpleasant ones or just like, that was a fucking weird conversation with a man Mm. being a wanker. Do you know what I mean? And, and, well, that happened to me when I was a child and it never really occurred to me that that was weird sort of thing. It ranges from like the one that Hannah's mentioned. Is it, is it blank? Is it, if, if this, if this, where it's very like, 
mean, it's interesting that it removes the word in order to explore that. It's, it's a really smart move for the mm. poem to make, but it's interesting that it ranges from that level of intensity through to like very small kind of microaggressions mm. that it's exploring. And but also then, just like embarrassing teenage dates and yes. things like that as well. Like it's not unremitting either. It is this sort of hodgepodge, mm. like really co- that's a really cohesive hodgepodge, but it is a collage maybe is a better word. Yeah. yeah. There was one I really especially liked and wanted to kind of, sorry, the jingle jangle is my cat who wants to sit on my lap the there's one i really especially like 25 which is all about male guilt mm. it starts out at the I'm, I'm just gonna like read the first like couple of short stanzas but when i tell them about my body and all the things it knows they tell me about their guilt they flourish their guilt as if they are matadors in a city where people love blood And then it's got, they wave their guilt, like flags of a newly formed country, and they're proud to be the citizens, or they they do this, they do this. Like, Mm. the the different ways that guilt is displayed. And I don't know about you, Rebecca, but there's been a few times where I've been like, I want to have a chat about this important thing, and someone will, like, spend the whole time explaining why they're a good one, or Mm. why they're really sorry that that happened, and it's so terrible. And it's like, you are taking up the airwaves that, should be i've run diversity and inclusion workshops where the one caucasian male in the breakout group spends the whole time talking about how great the present presenter was taking up time that anyone with more sort of experience of being marginalized could have been talking (laughs) but instead we're hearing about how much paul has learned today and um yeah i just i just found that observation really yeah, <laughs> that that one stuck with me. Also, there's a few descriptions of sort of sinking down into yourself, which I fairly recently learned fully what disassociation is in a, oh, fuck, <laughs> I do that quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, there's there's some really, really well-observed stuff in here. Um, mm. Flicking through the bits That's that I've it. stuck a ripped-up post-it note in to see <laughs> what else I have to talk about. I, full disclosure for listeners, I have read this book, but it's been a couple of months since I read it and I've ordered a copy of it and it hasn't quite arrived in time. So I'm going a little bit more on memory. But one of the ones that really stuck out to me was there's a poem that is the, uh, there's like a poem on the left hand side of the, of the page. And then the right hand side of the page is about a man coming up to her after she's performed that poem and what mm. he says to her in response to the poem it's and then her so poem good. is a response the poem on the right hand side is a response to what he said to her about the poem on the left hand side and it's i remember that particularly striking me when i read it the first time yeah, th- yeah I mean, that, and that is also hilarious and just just very it good. is hilarious yeah because he's like well you objectified that man and how would you feel if the genders were reversed and she's yes. like yes <laughs> that's the point that's and literally the point <laughs> I've, de- I've i've definitely had those conversations with men where they're like well how would you feel if it was this way around and you're like kind of it's is. reverse oh. racism fuck off mm. fuck off my dear yeah um yeah. Yeah, I mean, she got an extra poem out of it, so uh, in some ways it was. <laughs> she should it thank was good him. That the gods really, said that, but in other ways, it's definitely not. Yeah, yeah. She didn't marry him either. Didn't marry that guy at the poetry <laughs> gig. Funnily enough, darn it. Who, who said her work objectified men? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. There's one where the first line is when you when you rewind what happened, and it, it's it's describing a specific violent event, but also. Oh, all in reverse, right? 
Yeah. There's a line about, if I imagine our lives in reverse, my eyes are always lifting from the floor. Good things are happening. Mm. Which, yeah, just, just... The, the... Yeah, I, I found that. It's a nice conceit I, I... for a poem. It's a nice writing exercise, actually. Mm. Taking a dramatic I, moment I've... and playing it backwards. Every, I've I've come across it a few times and it always fucking works. Like from Kurt mm. Vonnegut and Slaughterhouse Five and World War Two bombs, like the fire being caught and then like sucked up into these into the planes and then the women yeah. take it apart. It's really touching that it's the women that are like deconstructing these. Yeah, which is yeah, it feels like a because there was a Twitter joke a few years ago, wasn't there, about like telefilm in reverse. So like Jaws is a film about where a shark dumps so many people on a beach they have to open up a beach. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love that. There's this Bill Hicks routine where he's talking about the beating of Rodney King, the police police brutality against against the black man in I think it's the early 1990s. 1990s. Yeah, and he's talking about how in the court case the police said that that uh, it was all filmed. He's talking about how in the court case um, the police said, "Oh, that that Rodney King footage is all in how you look at it." And they said, "Like example, well, for example, if you play it backwards, you see us help King up and send him on his way." Like, <laughs> it's, which obviously Jeez. is not what happened. That yeah. was a joke. That's it's a joke. It's a dark joke, but it's that a is joke a in, Bill Hicks joke. Yeah. Yeah. And I just there, there were lots of kind of really good kind of recurring ideas in this as well. Like one of them being like, there's a few that sort of say, oh, "But nothing happened." but nothing happened. Mm. And that is, I mean, I, I'm not sure I know a single woman who doesn't have a story where, look, nothing actually happened, but... Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, For sure. Big time. And there's also the recurring theme of the polite face you put on, like a lot of things exist in this plausibly mm. deniable space. And then you... Yeah smile or laugh at the joke because it was just a joke because if you go what the fuck was that obviously you know things might turn a lot more nasty but also placating mm. could potentially look like you were all okay with stuff if something else happened that, yeah. that, that, that there is no right answer and that is telegraphed throughout mm. and that yeah. this kind of the, and at that point the book kind of becomes a reclaiming of that space and going no we're actually going to talk about it and I'm actually going to yeah. say all the things I might have said and didn't and we're going to yeah. you know, mm. we're going to you're going to be left in no doubt about what I think about this you know which is even the the kind of the the sort of objectification or that the guy that comes up to it the gig poem at the end mm. it ends with her kind of sort of saying you know giving the comeback she would have done and then going, oh, maybe mm. I didn't say that. Maybe I just smiled, but I'm giving it here yeah. and I'm, yeah. I'm mm. reversing that objectification and that silencing. The act of writing the book is mm. the reclaiming, isn't it, of that space. Yeah. If we think back to our interview a couple of months ago with Catherine O'Driscoll talking about, you know, in a, very, in a very different context, the idea of how can I make this book that goes into the darknesses of 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 her mental health and she's saying that the act of writing the book is the the hope it's the is the hope that that isn't isn't kind of there isn't a a hopeful note ending to the book but the fact that you've written the book is what's giving it that reclama reclamation 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 reformation i don't know i'm just making up words now but you're the reclaiming of it which is interesting yeah um anybody else have any thoughts laurie man would you like to speak do you have any thoughts <laughs> I should probably just shut up to be honest with you. No, I mean my only thought is that I borrowed this book from a friend a couple of months ago and really really loved it and didn't particularly want to give it back. I did give it back. I ordered when Rebecca was asking about 
ideas for books I put it forward but then we ended up going with something else a couple of months ago for my one so I'm really glad that we finally had a chance to talk about it because I think it's a great Mm. book really fantastic collection for all the reasons we just talked about Uh, got my copy on the way and I can't wait (laughs) to reread it so that's that's the best endorsement that you can have I think from for any poetry book is that you read it and then want to get your own copy of it that's that's how good it is so you should not borrow this book you shouldn't rent it from your library (laughs) you should buy this book if you can if you can afford to yeah fair and it's it's obviously like topics and conversations that are getting a lot more time Mm. and space over the last few years but it's not just a me too book if there is such a thing no it's a really fucking solid collection it's really well thought out it's really polished and it has a very clear theme running through it. So that is All the Men I Never Married by Kim Moore. It's out in paperback and also in ebook form. And that is on Seren Books. You can buy it directly from the publisher's website, which is serenbooks.com, S-E-R-E-N books.com. And it's nine ninety nine. 